are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Monday, Tucson, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. Hope everybody had a really good weekend. And you know what? If you didn't, John Schuster and myself are here to try to make things a little bit better for you. Hello, Shu. How's it going, Mike Luke? Uh, like everyone else, hopefully we're not made, we're giving you the Monday blues. Yeah, we're not. Well, we're going to start off with a little bit of frustrating news, I think, for Arizona fans, and that Arthur Kaluma, kid out of Phoenix, well, basically lived there for about eight months, he will not be attending the U of A. He was at a position of need, and um, he will be going off to Creighton. Now, this is obviously a tough blow, but I would caution people, especially in this world of recruiting, that you have a guy who, in Tommy Lloyd, who has basically had 30 days to try to recruit people. It's not going to be like years past, and we talked about that in the past, shoot, where it just didn't quite all make sense. It didn't quite all add up that, oh, well, we just pick whatever we want. I think people need to understand that, look at the Gonzaga model. Not a lot of these kids are these high five-star kids. Now, again, you've certainly gotten some more of them, but this is going to be a little bit of a process. This isn't going to be as simple as Tommy Lloyd coming in and saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up Sean Miller circa 2014 and basically get anybody I want who cares what Kentucky and Kansas have to say? Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think we're in a little bit different world in that regard. Uh, but a couple things. One, I can... I think we talked about this on a podcast last week. One of many things we've uh, so 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 brilliantly and eloquently discussed <laughs> for sure, for on sure. the uh, even if in our own minds, <laughs> and, and generally that's only the case, um, is that you. I think it's fair to be disappointed, but not surprised. So if you if you're upset a little bit losing out to good schools with some of these recruits, especially in the early, especially in this era of uncertainty for Arizona. That's a completely understandable thing, and it's certainly understandable always. You don't want this to happen, but always if you're losing to Kentucky, you know, Kansas, Carolina, Duke, you know, that group. But I can appreciate the frustration of fans if this is a continuing thing that you're losing out to teams like Creighton. You shouldn't be losing out to programs like Creighton. Now again, a month in, New recruiting, uncertainty with the NCAA, all of that makes sense. And Creighton's a good program. Creighton should from not be Arizona. Uh, from, from uh, I don't know what state they're from. Huh. Where's Creighton from? Uh, you want to hear a joke? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to hear. I don't. I don't want to hear your crappy jokes. All of your crappy jokes. Uh, so I really, I'm just drawing a blank on where Creighton is, but. Somewhere in middle America. Middle, middle America is a beautiful place. So I can understand any of a number of players wanting to go to middle America to play some basketball. Uh, but if we're having this conversation a couple years from now, a few years from now, especially when the NCAA stuff has kind of run its course, then that's a lot more problematic than it is right now. Well, I'd go a step further. I would say if we're talking at this time next year and where you're losing out to a kid, no matter how he comes to a place from Creighton or, you know, to Creighton, that's probably becomes an issue. But I think it's next to impossible for people to just sit here and say, well, wait a second, we should just get this kid. Now, Lloyd's already gotten a couple kids in the bag. He got a kid from Utah 
um, who's averaged 10 points a game last year as a freshman. You've got a kid in Dylan Anderson from Phoenix, top 50 kid. So he's already shown that he can lasso in some players. But again, I think people need to understand a little bit here, though, that it's going to take a little bit of time. And think about it from this perspective, too. And again, I'm not looking to throw stones on the past, but it's Tommy Lloyd has to do everything by the book right here. Oh, without a doubt. Because if you're a head coach at the University of Arizona, which whether you think they've been tarred and feathered for no reason, you think that this has all been a bunch of uh, gobbledygook. Whether what, they did it or not, perception is reality. Perception is reality, and if you go to an if you go to a casual basketball fan, or I'll say a little bit more than casual, somebody that's tuned in on the East Coast. They probably have two perceptions of Arizona over the last... They think first, they think of Lute Olsen, and then they think they got popped for cheating. Not under Lute Olsen, but that's, those are the two things that I think come to mind if you were talking to the average basketball. So Tommy Lloyd, not to be mistaken with Tommy Floyd... Tommy Floyd gets mistaken a lot, a and, gets, lot. and gets talked about a, a lot, lot. Really on, on Tucson radio and in Tucson podcasts. Remarkable. Whoever this guy is, yeah. he really gets a lot of play. He does great undercover work. <laughs> but you do have to know that he is having to do everything by the book. So I've, I've always believed that to a certain extent, I think all coaches cheat to a certain extent. I think that's just kind of the way it is. But in this day and age where everybody from the NCAA is looking at you, you are a brand new coach. You better believe that if this guy's sharp, and I think he's a pretty sharp guy, everything right now is probably being done by the book, which isn't always advantageous to learning in recruits. That's true. That is not to say that Creighton cheated to get this guy. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, but that 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 is an Arizona reality right now. To me, and I get the right now, this moment, you want every possible kid. If you're a Wildcat fan, you're thinking Arizona's the greatest basketball school that ever happened in the history of greatest basketball schools. That's what fans do. I get it. Uh, so you're a little annoyed when you lose out to a kid from you know who goes to Creighton. You think that Arizona should beat kids when Kentucky's recruiting them, and you want them to be at least competitive in some of those recruiting battles a little bit later on. I view this a little bit differently, and I view it from an on-the-court standpoint. And I think that's the thing that becomes a little bit more beneficial for future players mm -hmm. in the program. A lot of folks are going to be watching what Arizona does next year based on how good they look offensively and what it is that they're trying to accomplish and how well it is that Lloyd can get them to a certain point to where you can see that there's something happening and it looks like it's going to be good. If that takes place, if you can see what it is that this coaching staff is trying to instill and it looks positive and you like it, I think that increases the breadth of their recruiting base significantly. Right now, you're recruiting from behind. There have been a lot of, I, I'm guessing that Creighton was in on this kid for months. You know, they I'm have a coach on the staff that was, yeah. That sure. doesn't hurt, yeah. Right. I'm, I, I'm guessing that that's the case up and down the line, and Arizona's playing from behind with a new coach coming in, trying to find recruits at the last minute to fill out a roster that, in some regards, is not too bad. Uh, but, but obviously, you want to make it better. You certainly want it to be deeper. Right. But ultimately, it's what Arizona is going to do that you can visibly see. What is it we're trying to accomplish? What is it we're going for? How is it that we're attempting to look? And you what are we know trying you, to do? And you kind of yeah. know it when you see it. Are things more free-flowing? Is it a little bit more of an enjoyable brand of basketball? Are you actually getting up and down? Are you attacking? Things like that, I think, is what... 
you're if you're a 16 for. or a 17 year old kid that you notice that I think so and yeah and 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 I think that becomes um, you know that is the single best thing right now that I think is going to help Arizona recruiting over the course of the next few years I wouldn't I I understand again disappointment versus surprise you can be disappointing disappointed don't don't be surprised if this happens over the course of the next few years and Arizona is a fringe 20 win team as opposed to as that's good as problem. we think they end that's a problem right now it's not a problem mm-hmm. uh, and and let's see what it is they can ultimately do I did want to ask you a question you said this 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 player was from a position of need mm-hmm. what position of need is that you, they need they need bigs they need quality big men and I think what you've seen and especially with the Sean Miller era unless he got a big man who was already good like a DeAndre Ayton that was generally kind of a, I don't want to say it was ever a position of weakness, but it was never a position where guys generally got better. Caleb Tarzuski kind of came in as the same guy, left as the, the same type of guy. You got a guy in Christian Coloco right now that if you can't, if you don't have hands, you're, you're always going to be limited in what you can do. We've seen that through basketball over the years. Quickly, I think Coloco is going to be the wild card on this year's team. All right. Yeah, all right. Let's leave it at that for right now. All please right. please okay. continue. That's called a tease for later in the week right <laughs> or, there. Or possibly a month months down the road. You know what? Get ready for that tease. We're going we're gonna to veer off topic a little bit in the second segment because I, you got me going on something here that I wanted to spring on you. But you know what? One thing that anybody's listening to this podcast knows, you're never going to be sprung by rockauto.com because rockauto.com, if you don't know about it and you've been listening to the podcast, then you either need to have your ears checked, you need to have your speakers refilled or filtered you need to have (laughs) i need some filtered you need to have something done because rockauto.com as you have testified Mm -hmm. to not just a pan thing that's correct you have made rockauto.com a part of your life i I wonder if if i can get an internet connection Mm -hmm. if i can figure out how to use an internet browser if i can then take that browser and type in the address rockauto.com i'm wondering if i can then figure out a way to find a headlight for a 2012 kia soul I need a headlight for a 2012 Kia Soul. I noticed that as I was driving over here to record this podcast. I wonder where I could possibly go for a headlight for a 2012 Kia Soul and have it delivered to me. Any ideas? I'm just going to say rockauto.com. I'm just throwing that one out there. I think they're going to have that one for you. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm going to go a little bit off script right here and basically ignore my outline for the second segment, which we will talk about tomorrow. We got to talking a little bit, Schuster, in the first segment about Arthur Kaluma going to a different school. You know, what should your expectations be? And you and I have talked a lot about this off air over the years, a lot. Where in the grand scheme of things, in the sense of realism, do you find U of A basketball, and maybe just in general, U of A athletic fan expectations? Are they too... Are they too lofty? Are they too, I mean, because you've been covering the program since, you know, back in the early 90s and for a good portion of when Arizona was a top five program over a 15-year period. What's kind of your initial thoughts bringing that up? And keep in mind, I didn't uh, tell Schuster I was going to ask him this. Uh, but I, I, I like, I wish Arizona had tempered arrogance. Uh, there's, what do you mean? There's a, there, there's delusional arrogance 
and there's tempered arrogance. Tempered arrogance is understanding that there are other good teams out there and that a lot of players have some very good choices ahead of you. Tempered arrogance is recognizing that you are a really good program yourself. You can put a lot of good players in the NBA. You can be favorably competitive, and nobody else in this conference ought to be as good as you are. You know, uh, even uh, although you recognize that UCLA is a really good program and Oregon's a very good program, but you can be a very good program on your own. That's fine. So if you lose out to a player to a good school every now and again, it's okay. You'll get another good school. You'll I've, be able you know, to felt... coach them up, and 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 you'll be favorably competitive and in the national spotlight on a consistent I'm basis. going to step on your point right here. And the one thing that I've always found a little bit weird, and I'm sure this is the case in a lot of fan bases, but when you look at Arizona basketball, now granted, I grew up in the Olsen era. You covered the Olsen era. So basically Arizona over, and we've talked about this before. We'll talk about it again during the summer when we get into maybe Schuster's favorite topic, Mount Rushmore. Man, I'm going to love that. <laughs> I'm going to be on vacation that week. I just know sure. it. It's going to be tough. <laughs> but from about 88 to 03, as we've talked about, Arizona, any way you looked at it, was a top five program. There was The one thing, though, that I never quite got was – and I understand the frustration with Duke in that if a college basketball fan turns it on, even if Duke stinks this year, well, we're just going to be talking about Duke. But I've always wondered, is there a little bit of an insecurity in the fan base with where the pecking order of Arizona basketball is where, you know, we we feel that this should be covered as a top three to four program nationally as opposed to maybe what it is now, maybe what a top 15 program? Is that a serious question? Well, it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> yes, I think yeah. it, because the answer is absolutely yes. But what do you, and I'm glad you said that, but you, what do you... Remember delusional arrogance versus uh, temper it, arrogance? It, it, it really was. This is delusional arrogance. Right. Uh, and the, yeah, yeah, this is... this, this is, is not this, to, is, this is not to diss on U of A fan, because no, I think it, every fan base has. ASU uh, fancies themselves as a football school. Yeah. Guess what they're not? Yeah. A football That's school. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, there are how many Division One college basketball teams are there? Three hundred fifty. Three hundred forty-seven. All right, there are three hundred forty-seven. I'm guessing there are three hundred forty that wish they had Arizona's fan base. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And the fan base is as strong as it gets, and I think that's a little bit of the double-edged sword here, but it's a good a double-edged sword in a good way because you're so invested in the program that when things don't quite turn out the way you want or you turn on ESPN and wait a second why are our highlights being shown next to Kevin O'Neill's greatest hits or mm-hmm. something to that effect you're rightfully a little bit upset but that's always been a little bit of the fan base and I think it's something that people need to temper a little bit right now in the Tommy Lloyd era is that it might take a year or two to get things the where that he wants there are so many uh, out west who gets more publicity in arizona does i guess gonzaga why because gonzaga is a top five program right, right. now other than that and last year they were undefeated mm-hmm. uh, and arizona wasn't right so who else on the west who else in two time zones gets more publicity than arizona does you know what that's going to lead me into my next point though is that and my by my next point my point that just came to my head that i didn't actually have written down Screw but i'm going to pretend that i have it written uh-huh. down. yeah by all means i've never understood and the pac-12 the pac-10 fan that doesn't circle the wagons for every other school except asu come tournament time because you just hit the nail on the head right there it's not an anti-arizona bias it's an anti-west coast bias for a variety of reasons you could say you haven't won a title since 
97. You could say that, you know, quite frankly, outside of Oregon, UCLA, you haven't really had any Final Four teams. But the only way you really change that is to consistently be good. Arizona fans don't like to hear this, but it's good if UCLA under Mick Cronin becomes a juggernaut again. It just is. And it's not that Arizona should be concerned that, oh gosh, now we have to compete with UCLA. No, it's that it brings more attraction to the conference. That's why it's always been a major pet peeve of mine when... Again, I get not rooting for ASU. That's the one team that I get come tournament time. You okay. want them to get smacked. I also mm-hmm. understand. It's probably rooting. difficult for Alabama fans to root for Auburn. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. So but whatever, use that but as a general But parallel. you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. You can't sit here and say, well, uh, our conference never gets any love. And, oh, by the way, I hope that we go winless in the Pac-10 or the <laughs> right. NCAA tournament. It right. doesn't work like that, right. Shu. No, that's, that, I, I think that's right. I think that's ludicrous. There were three things that uh, – Lloyd said at his press conference that stuck out with me. One of them was that he wasn't going to rate Arizona based on the struggles of the conference. So what that means is, I think we can be good. Doesn't matter who else is good. And this is something that I think really gets lost in college basketball. And one of the reasons why you pull for your conference to be good. Because chances are, that if you actually play a team in your conference in the NCAA tournament, that means both of you are winning. Correct. That's a good thing. Yes. Oregon played USC in the NCAA That's, tournament in the Sweet 16. It's frustrating, which means, but it's still a good guess thing. Guess what? Yes. You they both won. Two teams in the Sweet 16, right. and one of them was going to go to the Elite Eight. Yeah. So what's the problem here? Right. I mean, and, and this is one of the things, and this is another tease argument for another time. One of the ones that I've heard that, that I just laughed at was this belief that because Lloyd is coming to Arizona, Gonzaga is not going to be any good. That one is just, yeah, that, 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 that one's out there. Let's deal with that one for another time. But let's use those as an example as well. You have Arizona and Gonzaga. Chances are pretty good. If you happen to see Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament, it's because both of you are winning games. If you happen to see UCLA in the NCAA tournament, it's because both of you are winning games. If you happen to see USC in the NCAA tournament, it's because both of you are winning games. You want to see them. You want better competition in the regular season in a good conference, and then you want to utilize that as best you can from a positive standpoint to give yourself the best opportunity to be successful in the NCAA tournament. And you know what? If you happen to see another team from your conference, that's a good thing. I'd be rooting for that. I wouldn't be looking the other way because if you believe that this is a conference that is not getting the publicity that it deserves, the best way to change that is to do what the conference did this year in the NCAA tournament and continue to do that in future tournaments. And if that means that you've got to play your bitter rival UCLA in the Elite Eight, then hell yeah you want to do that. You want that to happen. And you know what? If that were to happen, if you were to be clairvoyant enough to be able to foresee that, you know what you could possibly do? You could possibly put in a bet on betonline.ag and maybe look at the shoulders on some of the players and say, that's a guy that looks like he consumes a built bar. That's a guy that looks like he consumes a built bar right there. I'm not saying it's an end-all, be-all, but generally the more physically talented teams that we've talked about, we always talk about, in my opinion, 0-1 Arizona basketball, best team in school history. I think it's because they were the most physically talented across the board. Now, they probably weren't consuming built bars back then in 01 because it wasn't a thing, but I will tell you this, Schuster, if they had the possibility to consume those built bars, they probably would. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. And uh, next episode, we're going to get into some backup recruiting options and some historical intriguing uh, shoe tidbits that uh, maybe John Schuster can provide.
Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats.